Hello, and welcome back to Serial Bowls. I'm your host, Ned Belvo. Over there, we got Patrick Strucker. Uh, Patrick, I am just now catching my breath from this weekend. How about you? Yeah, I think I had about two heart attacks, probably. It was one of the most exciting weekends of college football in a very, very long time. Uh, This is full-fledged chaos season. This is reaching 2007 levels. It's something amazing to see unfold right now. Yeah, and another thing that was nice about it was it was well spread out throughout the day. Yes. So it really didn't stop. Um, you know, after the first two games, the uh, Arkansas Ole Miss and the Texas-Oklahoma, you said, well, this can't possibly match that the rest of the day. And then it did. It delivered. It was incredible. It was uh, one of the days that you're kind of always chasing this dragon as a college football fan. Whenever you pull up that the next week's slate on, on, on Sunday morning, you're hoping you get this week. And we got it. And it was amazing. It is. Um with that said, I'm really not looking forward to this weekend because we're all going to be wanting what we got this past weekend. Yeah. And the one coming up is going to be a very uh, – on the opposite of the spectrum of excitement. Yeah, a little rough, a little rough. But for now, let's uh, – we'll just cover the good stuff. And we'll, we'll go through it as we saw it So throughout the day. So the first game that ended, Ole Miss 52, Arkansas 51. Uh, absolutely electric game. Yeah. yeah, this uh, was about 1,300 total yards in offense, almost yeah. 700 total rushing on the ground. Man, this I, was exciting. I think I saw this the first time two teams have ever both rushed for over 300 yards. Mm. Um, this is the uh, – I think Ole Miss has now been involved in the past four SEC games where each team has more than 600 yards. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, I've seen that defense. Um Matt Corral is the best slow runner of all time, in my opinion. He looks like he is running through molasses, and then he picks up eight yards easily. He also likes running through tacklers. You see him get through that uh, karate kick, just take it like a champ. Yeah, yeah. He he's a he's a grown man. Uh, like fifteen carries, ninety four yards, two touchdowns. Um, that is better stats than most rainbacks put up this weekend. Oh yeah, and I think. His ability with his legs and Ole Miss's running ball in general really opened up those deep passes they like to take because you kind of think of Ole Miss as like explosive, throw the ball over the yard type offense. They only threw the ball 21 times. Yeah, they've been leaning on the run recently a lot the past few weeks, and it's been very interesting to watch, and it seems to be working offensively for them. Yeah, Um, 14 completions for 287 yards. That's over 20 yards of catch. 13.7 13.7 yards to drop back. Um, that'll play. And yeah. it, it worked. I mean, they were perfectly mixing their offense. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I am a little concerned about how Arkansas, the big, you know, whomping run defense, they did get gashed a little bit. Um, yeah, they did. But I feel like maybe you get in a game like this, you kind of surrender to the moment. Um, Arkansas was certainly no slash on their side of the ball. 350 rushing yards. Um, KJ Jefferson had over 400 yards of total offense. Traylon Burks, their, their wideout, is sick. He's so yeah, good. Yeah, he had like what 136 yards of touchdown. He's he's going to be playing on Sundays for sure. Yeah, and over 19 yards to catch. So that yeah. I mean that's efficient. Um, 
Yeah, so, and another thing that really stood out to me about this game was that this was two teams who both have a distinct, unique style playing modern football. Right. Um, You know, if you look at Arkansas, they're sort of an old school, run the ball, play defense type of team. And Ole Miss is the, you know, throw the ball a bunch, spread it out, be really aggressive on fourth down. And then Arkansas loved the decision to go for two at the end of the game. Yeah, win it. Yeah. Which is also even uh, like ironic too, is because everyone talks about how bad Ole Miss's defense is, but uh, the the game came down to their defense making a stop, and it did. Which on the other side of that is great. But yeah, I I, that Sam Pittman two point conversion call, I thought was a good call. Like, just get out of there, try to get the win, because you know if you go into overtime, you might not be able to keep up with Ole Miss. Yeah, and this is your best chance. You have to get two yards, and you win the game. Yeah. So. That's a risk that every coach should be taking. Um, it didn't work out for them. Ole Miss did play a very good defense. That sort of flood the zone concept Arkansas ran was a little strange. Um, that close to the end zone, I might have done. I don't know. I mean, KJ Jefferson was really efficient with his legs the whole day. I might have put him in a position to maybe just tuck the ball and run um, if he there wasn't anything open. But, you know, I'm not a football coach. What do I know? Yeah. So that ended, and then because it was taking so long, so before you could even catch your breath, you flip over to ABC, I think the game was on, and you saw Oklahoma 55, Texas 48. Um, This game was 28-7 after one for Texas and 38-20 at halftime, and Oklahoma looked dead in the water, absolutely dead. Yeah, um, this is probably the best Red River um, in the, ever. Yeah, it, it was insane. It, it was surpassed insane. the 2024 OT thriller. Um, I mean, Oklahoma allowed the most points ever in the first quarter, and it was also the largest comeback in the series of Red River ever. Um, it was I couldn't believe that Oklahoma was able to come back, and we can thank Caleb Williams for that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so Rattler got benched, um, and I think, you know, we, we, we talked about it before, and I don't even think it's necessarily his fault. It's just Texas does not have to account for him as a runner at all, and Oklahoma's O-line is not as good as it has been, and so by putting in Caleb Williams, a, a true dual threat, um, that just changes the math for the defense, and it made a huge impact. Yeah, it it, it makes a huge impact, but I, I I honestly think Spencer Rattler has been trending in the wrong direction for a while, and he came into this game, he looked shook, he wasn't taking any downfield shots, and he threw a bad pick and a bad fumble, and he's been he's been shaky for a while, and they pulled that plug, and yeah, um. Yeah, I don't know if I saw a video of this, but I read a lot of reports saying that when Caleb Williams scored that long touchdown when he came in, the only senior that didn't congratulate him was Spencer Rattler, which says a lot about this quarterback. Yeah, um, I understand this is a bad situation to be in um, for Rattler. It is. Um, but you can't sit here and say, you're going to go eight for 15 with the pick. Your QBR is 11 Yeah, and say, and your team is getting worked and say, I, I deserve to stay in the game. Um, 
our, our friend James asked, this is our first reader question or listener question. Um, should Oklahoma bench Rattler for, for good? I think yes. Um, I still kind of think he, he could be a good player, but like you said, I think he's so in his own head right now. He doesn't fit what this offense has to be right now. I think this is it for him at Oklahoma. Yeah, I think he's already hitting that transfer portal. I mean, the the fans weeks ago were booing him, calling for this Caleb Williams to come in. Um, he's just – I've never seen a Heisman favorite tumble so far before. It's just been very bizarre. Um, yeah. The way that Caleb Williams was able to put a spark in this offense that Oklahoma has been missing all year, I just don't see why they would back out of that. Yeah, he yeah, Rattler's QBR seventy one point nine for the season. That's thirty first in the country. Um, while that's not terrible, that's not what you expect out of this kid. Right. And what he, you know, what being an Oklahoma quarterback is all about. Um, you know, how many straight quarterbacks have they had that to be drafted? Um, and he's just not quite there yet. I think. Oh, here's a fun other question about Rattler. Where do you think he ends up uh, in 22? Uh, I know a guy named Paul Christ from Wisconsin really needs a quarterback. So yeah. um, I could maybe – it's going to be wherever he ends up. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. But um, I could – maybe Wisconsin probably a good bet. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking a little team in Northwest, uh, the Oregon Ducks. Ooh, yeah. That would be fun. I think they've shown a willingness to take transfers before. He's got to be better than Anthony Brown. So, <laughs> so I know they have they have a hot shot freshman up there too, but I do wonder if that could be a good fit for them. What year is Derek King? Is he a junior now? Or is he, he is like a million year senior. Okay, so Miami could be a choice as well. Yeah, but um, yeah, I like Oregon. That Oregon would be a, a really nice spot for him. Yeah, and I think he'd kind of get the chance, maybe have a little less pressure, which, like you said, seems to be getting him a little bit. Um, that maybe that'll, that'll help because he was great last year. Like yeah. that's like I this this is part of why it's so baffling is he. It's not like you know Graham Mertz is a great example from Wisconsin, who was really good for like four games and then had a bunch of COVID issues, and so you're like he's good, but it, that's a small sample size. Rattler had a full season of being great, so. Yeah. Very strange. Um, on the other side of the ball, this is a brutal loss for Texas. Yeah, they um, blew it. <laughs> yeah, they, they did blow it. Um, they did have good plays. I mean, what, Casey Thompson almost had 400 yards and five total touchdowns. Bajon Robinson played very well. Oh, my for gosh. That run he had when he broke, like, 47 tackles. Oh, man. That, I, right when that happened, I, I, I mean, because I picked Oklahoma for this game, and I was like, oh, no, Texas is here to play. Yeah, he bounced that dude off the turf so hard with a stiff arm, the guy popped up and kept running. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, my Lord. And then uh, freshman Xavier Worthy out wide. He did have that coffee late fumble. Um, but when you put up 261 yards, nine, t- nine catches, two touchdowns, I'll let it slide. One bad play. Yeah, that dude's a boss, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, a fun fact here is Texas has been 42-0. and 0 when leading by 14 points. Oh, yeah. Um, they're starting I, to become one of the teams that finds there's all, there's a stat like that every week for them. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's they're They're fun. 
I think they're headed in the right direction, but this team was never really going to compete this year. I think they're showing you yeah. away. Yeah. Um, I really, one other thing about this, I really like these two, two touchdowns for Oklahoma that just completely shook the te- Texas defense with the direct snaps to running back Kennedy Brooks. Yeah. It's just when it, the first one he did where he faked pitch it, you could see the linebacks of Texas be like, and just like hesitate. <laughs> and he just took it to the house. Yeah. And the second one, of course, is the, was the game winning touchdown. But that, well, that was a very interesting play call to watch. That was, that run was crazy. I was like, okay, well, they'll set up for a, a field goal here. And then he said, no, 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 no. no I'm just going to go almost untouched to the end zone. I, I've seen too many games with too many college kickers. He's like, I'll, I'll handle this. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, well, Oklahoma, they might have, if Caleb Williams is what, he was in this game. Oklahoma might be fine now. Yeah, um, it's it's great to see Oklahoma find some pop on offense. What they've been really looking forward to having all season. Um, I don't really think they have a tough schedule going forward. No. Um, so I think you're right that this could help them get into the playoff conversation if they continue to play spectacularly on offense like that. Yeah, I, we, we've got TCU this week, Kansas, Texas Tech. That's those are three wins. And then at Baylor could be tricky. Iowa State might be tricky. Um, and then we'll really see this weekend when Oklahoma State plays Texas. But Bedlam is in Stillwater this year. So that could be a very tricky game at the end of the season. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the Cowboys have a very good defense, so that'll be – Interesting to watch how that plays out. Yeah. Now we're going to move to the mid-afternoon slot. Um, we started off with Georgia 34, Auburn 10. Truly a despicable performance by the Bulldogs. I mean, Patrick, 10 points allowed? Disgusting. What, what's I going mean, on down there? Absolutely vile that they let that happen. They let Tank Bigsby score on us? Come on, man. That's – I mean – I don't know if they're a championship caliber where they talk all this big game and they're going to sit here and be trailing three, nothing at one point. I was, I I thought it was over then. Like I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, I was ready to pack it up. Live bet Auburn mortgage. It was over. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, Georgia's defense is on track to be one of the greatest ever. Um, Yep. uh, They only allow 2.8 yards per carry this game. Tank Bigsby had that one touchdown, but he was 10 for 28. Yeah, a long the long run of nine. Yeah, and that was a a Bo Nix scramble special. Um, there's not really much to say about Georgia. They're just going to sit on you. Yeah, uh, they like to get the lead on you, and then they just game manage by running it down your damn throat. The rest of them just power run the shit out of you, uh, wear you out offensively, and then you know their defense just smothers you when you get back on the field. Yeah, I am really interested in finally watching, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but a fully healthy JT Daniels because Stetson Bennett has come in and he's been fine. Just, he's been a good game manager. Yeah, steady Eddie, like in this game, 14-21, 231, two touchdowns, no picks. Perfect. Yeah, he, he, he did have some pretty good throws to Lad McConkey, but yeah. – uh, he he is a good game manager. There's no. I was kind of pissed after the game because it, it cut to the CBS studio and they immediately were like, "I think there's a QB controversy unfolding in Athens, Georgia." And then 
the oh me the viewer is like shut the fuck up. Yeah, like there's I don't there's no he watched this kid last year. He was not good. That's exactly what they said too. Like I think they could be. I think he could single handedly beat Bama this year. And I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely not. He he. They made him look like the walk on he was. Alabama did last year. Um, Now I I think it'll probably still be enough to beat Kentucky. Um, but we start getting to the cocktail party in a couple of weeks. I'm a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just glad he came. He, there was rumors that he was going to transfer out this year. Um, but I'm really glad that Kirby talked him back staying in because if he wasn't here for these past few games and we had, um, Vandergriff play or Carson Beck play, uh, yeah. I would not be as thrilled right now. Yeah, I uh, I would agree um, if I was a dog's fan. But, yeah, Auburn, I, I'm a little interested in them. They have two losses this year to two top ten teams. Um, I can't quite figure out what they are. Um, but they are fun to watch. So Yep. Then we went on to a game that was not so fun to watch. Um, Iowa 23, Penn State 20. It looked like um, – at right before halftime, it was seventeen three Penn State. They were going to win. I was yeah. They they were looking. They weren't looking great, but they were getting it done. Yeah, Iowa couldn't and, and lost in all the run up to this game um, was how about how good Iowa's defense was. Is that Penn State's defense was right there behind them, also a, an excellent defense, and so they hit a couple touchdowns to go up two scores, and that looked like it was going to be it. Uh, I would yeah. move the ball. Nothing was happening. And then um, Penn State starting quarterback Sean Clifford went to the locker room with an injury. The next time we saw him, he was on the sidelines uh, out with, without his pads. And street clothes. And Taquan Robinson, the backup, he was awful. Yeah, he was not ready for prime time. He went 7 for 21, 34 yards, and two interceptions. And they, were and they committed pick. eight full-star penalties, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, the picks were bad. Those false starts were unreal. They couldn't even snap the ball. They had three back-to-back-to-back at one point. Yeah, I mean, Um, it it was – it's kind of sad that Penn State couldn't have this kid at least have a game script or something because receivers were running wide open, and he was only looking just one read. Like, this kid was – this kid is not – he was not ready for prime time, and Penn State could have easily easily won this game – I think if Sean Clifford played four full quarters. Yeah. Um, even if he had played three, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Robertson looked totally lost. Maybe they should have taken a page out of Oklahoma's book and just gone wildcat. Um, yeah. Or something, man. Cause that wasn't it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was rough to watch. I, you know, I felt bad for the kid too. Just dropping him into, to, uh, and at Iowa, that place was going nuts. Yeah. Um, Plus all the false starts, and it's a lot of pressure. Um, they just couldn't get it done, and I was just was patient. They played the waiting game. They waited for him to make make mistakes, give their offense a short field, um, and it worked. Um, Iowa's defense is really, really good. They again, you know, we say it's unsustainable every week. But they had four turnovers again. Yep, the, I think their defense has now have now have ten picks in the past two games. Yeah, um, they just scoop them up so easily. It's not even um, an issue for them. It's it's crazy. Um, their offense, though, on the other hand, their is offense horrific, 
Um, like they got they got Pe- uh, Peaches came in clutch or Petras came in clutch with a 44 yard touchdown that I guess was the game winning touchdown. Um, yeah. but their average starting position was on their own 40, which is pretty good starting position. Yeah. But they only scored 23 points. Um, they got the ball in their own end zone and or, uh, their own red zone at one point, and they resulted in a field goal. Yeah, they got that ball in like the six, and they, yeah. they got a field goal out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but much like Oklahoma, there isn't really a challenge for Iowa coming up. Now, if you look at some of the advanced stats, um, Iowa-Wisconsin could be a, a, a trip-up game. Wisconsin, despite really struggling this year, um, has been very efficient and is in the top 15 of the SP+. Uh, Iowa's down at like 40 because their offense is that bad, despite the yeah. game being, I think, number two or three. Um, so that's a game maybe um, to keep your eye on. But other than that, I just don't see them picking up a loss here. Maybe at Nebraska. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But they're feisty. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I think this is a, a type of team where they're going to get to Indianapolis and um, hope they don't have to play Ohio State. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I don't think this team is going to make the playoffs, honestly. Uh, this defense can only take you so far. And if your offense is this bad, this is Ohio State's probably going to run you over. Yeah, or I think it could just be a Big Ten West game where they lose, you know, 13-10. It's, yeah. it's not even that the defense is going to have a bad game, but if the offense is just real bad, then we're going to have an issue. Right. So, tough break for Penn State. Uh, I don't know the severity of Clifford's injury. Um, that really derails a good season for them, if that is the case. But if he comes back healthy, I still kind of give them a chance to win the Big Ten East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. They've got all those games still to come, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. So, you know, I, I, I'm keeping my eye on I'm not counting them out, that's for sure. <clears throat> and then we closed with, while well, I was in absolute hell watching Notre Dame struggle with Virginia Tech, um, there was a little upset brewing down in College Station. Yeah, I uh, didn't really tune into this game until like the second quarter because going in, I'm like, I'm not going to watch this Alabama game because I know Alabama's going to steamroll this shitty A&M team. Yeah. And then I saw they were up 17-7 or 17-3 at one point, and I was like, oh boy, yeah. something's going down. And something did go down. A&M 41, Alabama 38. Zach Calzada went from an absolute bum to the second coming of – Basically, an Alabama quarterback. He was 21 for 31, 285 yards, three touchdowns, one pick towards the end there, and one superhuman comeback from a hyperextended knee. Yeah. That injury um, looked so gross, and he's like, actually, I'm good. Yeah. He had one, his first incompletion was in the third quarter of this game. Yeah. He played perfectly. And this is how you have to beat Alabama. Um, Alabama had some uncharacteristic mistakes. They had two turns. They allowed AM a 96-yard kickoff return touchdown. Um, and then Malachi Moore getting ejected for targeting. On just a, that's just a mental mistake. Calzada got rid of the ball, took two steps, and the guy was like, I'm going to pop him in the chin. And he got thrown out of the game for it, and he should have. This game was just so, this so weird. Um, like, there are ways to beat Alabama – um, 
you know, drop 50 on them, do weird shit. But this game was like, this is an entirely different way they beat Bama because they were giving up a bunch of wide open touchdowns, a bunch. They got dominated the entire third quarter. And they had an awful punt coverage that resulted in a punt block for a touchdown. And they still won. Like, it it was unbelievable what was going on. Yeah, it was bizarre. Alabama's, the the backup from Malachi Moore, that safety, he got burned once. I think he got that. I think it was him who got that bad pass interference on AM's last drive. And AM just set up Seth Small uh, to, he kicked a 28 yard to win the game. Now, did you think he missed it at first? Yeah. Yeah. It, when, it, when it just had that insane curve at the end. Yeah. It, it wobbled to the left. And I was like, oh my God. I let an audible, it, like, oh, like as yeah. it was going to the left. I was like, oh God. And yeah. Then, then it hooked right in there. Um, and then you had the absolute scenes of 95,000 people storming the field. Um, that was incredible. What a game. Um, and it's funny because going into this year, preseason, this was the game for Alabama that they had to watch out for. Because yes. A&M was a preseason top 10. They had this freshman stud, Haynes King. We were, you know, this was going to be it. Um, and then, you know, A&M lost to fucking Mississippi State. And then this is still the game Alabama lost. I like a funny kind of funny, like conspiracy. A lot of fans are kind of talking about is that Jimbo Fisher had this game up his sleeve for a while. He's like, we'll look like shit for the first few weeks. And then we're going to punch him, come out and beat the shit out of Alabama. (laughs) Once his quarterback went down, he's like, we're going to go all in. Yes. Uh, I mean, Zach Calzada had the highest passing grade against an Alabama team since 2019, better than Justin Fields, better than Joe Burrow. Um, Yeah. Who, by the way, are not two bad quarterbacks. Uh, two NFL starters. Uh, yeah. Play. I got to be honest, Calzada, I admire the moxie. I don't think he'll be playing too much on Sundays. No, no. Uh, it's just Bama looked off this whole game. Um, yeah. They, what, they couldn't quite what, get out of neutral. What people have been worried about Alabama's defense, like, you know, that's kind of questionable. It got really exposed this game. Their offensive line – couldn't do anything. They were having a hard time adjusting. Um, it seems that Jimbo Fisher saw something about this and cashed in. Um, yeah. Saw something on film that no one else has seen. Their linebackers looked very bad on defense. Uh, it's just, it was, you know, I think this team is not really used to chasing a game like this, and they chased it for so long, they don't seem as strong. You know, like yeah. Goliath-like. I have a stat here that when Alabama runs the ball less than 40%, they're six and nine overall. They ran it 37% Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. They're not, they don't, they're not used to coming back. They're used to holding off comebacks. Yeah. There, I mean, there was a point where we thought that, you know, that, that third quarter they were dominating. Like, here they come. Yeah. You know, Bama's come back. They're like, you know what? We're fine. We're fine. And they had that punt block for a touchdown. And that's when everyone's like, okay. Yeah. Bama's here. Uh, yeah. And the next play was a kickoff return for a touchdown for AM and just sucked the energy right out of Alabama's sideline. Yeah. And like I said, those mental mistakes, those mental lapses, getting down. Um, Saban struggled with the timeout at the end of the first quarter. People are asking, has he lost it? Should he be <laughs> behind the barn? I'm saying yes, Byron. He can't. <laughs> I tell you what, he was so happy at that halftime because now he finally had something to bitch about to the reporter 
Because, you know, yeah. like, every game the reporters are like, oh, you're only up by three, you're only up by ten, and, you know, he's pissed, like, whatever, yada, yada. This time he's like, I got a list of what we're doing wrong. Let's go over them. Yeah, he was excited, he was excited to coach him up. Yes. And I bet he is gleeful this week at practice. Oh, yeah. Telling all the boys they ain't shit, they ain't shit, y'all lost to AM. We got a tough SEC West coming up. Um, so – I do feel bad for Mississippi State. They're going to catch a fat L this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the coach for Mississippi State. Mike uh, Leach. Yeah, Mike Leach is going to be looking like a ghost on the sideline Saturday. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, that's going to – I'm going to – I think I might watch that one just for uh, car crash purposes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean – I do still think Alabama will win the West. I don't think any team is as complete as them, and they have already knocked off Ole Miss. Um, I read somewhere that this uh, this loss though did open the door for Ole Miss uh, for the the West because they have a like a uh, chip, a bargaining chip, I guess, with the uh, Arkansas win. Yeah. Um, so, but we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. So that's just something to keep an eye on, but. I think in the big picture, this does. I think it's pretty obvious that George is the best team in the country now. Absolutely. Go dogs, baby. That And those are the big games. A few more. We'll, we'll do whip around quick coverage here. Right around the time of Alabama A&M, um, Michigan was surviving a test against Nebraska. Um, and we said it last week, this Nebraska team is not bad. Um and they, you know, they almost won. They ran it the whole time. Uh, but Michigan pulls away and wins 32-29. Great win on the road. Um, did you see that sequence where Michigan scored twice? Twice. Got yep. called back on the goal line? Yeah. That was times. bizarre. They had that weird, the QB tripped on the handoff and the knee yeah. was down. Yeah, it, that, was, that, that was very bizarre. Um, you say that... You know, we talked about how Nebraska is a somewhat good team. There's a point now where good teams find a way to win and bad teams find a way to lose. And Nebraska is the baddest at that. Um, yeah, this was another game where, I mean, Scott Frost was holding back tears uh, from reports on the sideline when he was walking to the tunnel. He was visibly upset because he knew they had that game in hand. Yeah, they could they could have done it. They could have done it. Two weeks ago against Michigan State. Um, I do think they're going to jump up and down on Minnesota this weekend. Yeah. Lost their second running back for the year. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I, I like what I'm seeing out of Nebraska. Um, I just want to see them play a full four quarters. Just, yeah. They got shut out in the first half. Um, and they, they don't really take advantage of opportunities when presented. I, I just been, would like to see a full, complete game from Scott Frost's team. Has there been a team you switched this uh, this hard around on? Because personally, at the beginning of the year, I was ready for Nebraska to go 0-12, and I was loving it. And now I'm dying with Scott Frost every weekend. I want this man to win a game. Yeah, it, it was fun to point and laugh at him because all the bullshit he was spewing, you know, yeah. in press conferences like in 2020, we want to win, we want to win. They didn't like win any games. Um, But, yeah, we it's it's hard to watch. He's getting so close to winning these big games, and he always falls short. Yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, elsewhere, Boise State twenty six, BYU seventeen. 
BYU finally looked like a team that lost their NFL quarterback. They lost a bunch of linemen. Um, Boise State pushed them around and punched them right in the mouth. They got bullied. Yeah. They got bullied in a way BYU has not experienced in a couple of years. Yeah. It was, um, and Boise State's been down this year, and it wasn't exactly what I expected, um, especially in Provo. The crowd was jumping, gone off the Diet Cokes. <laughs> but uh, – and. But Boise State was just better than them, flat out. Yeah, I mean, when BYU cannot run the ball, it's not a good time for the Cougars. And Boise was all over that run. They were average. They made the offense average negative point three um, estimated points uh, per run, which is bad. Yeah, offensively. Um, but you know that defense really stepped up, and they did not allow a touchdown for three quarters. Yeah, um, and and this shouldn't take away from what. BYU has done and Sataki has done this yes. year, losing all that talent. But this was maybe the first game that, like, when I saw they were ranked number 10, I was like, okay, come on. They could have won this game because it's just they had so many mistakes. They outgained Boise State's offense, uh, yeah. but they lost three fumbles that led to two easy touchdowns for Boise State, and they threw a pick. So if, you know, if they negate some of those turnovers, they might have had this game. It's just a tough time out there. Yeah, very tough. Um, speaking of tough times, Kentucky 42, LSU 21. Our next reader question is from Anna, and she asked, is Coach O out after the season? Yeah, I thought he was going to be out yeah, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah play, play, that, play that music for him to walk out, people. Yeah. He, he's uh, That curtain's closing. Um, he's done. I I think he's not going to get fired until the end of the year. Um, I just uh, unless he gets blown out for a couple more games, uh, it's just he's it's he's a lame duck coach right now. It's yeah. not looking good for the Tigers in Baton Rouge. Um, they got the shit kicked out of them by Kentucky. Yeah, and I. Losing to Kentucky is one thing, um, especially now. Mark Stoops has that program going in a very positive direction. Getting your ass kicked this this bad when you have had the talent advantage for, you know, a century. Yeah. Um, this is a problem. And now Keishon Boutte is also out for the year for the Tigers. That was their last real weapon on offense. Um, so somehow this offense is going to get even more pathetic. Um and they are now entering a four-game stretch of ranked opponents. Mm. Um, and if you include Kentucky, that was five. Oh, and before that, Auburn, it was six. Um, there, he's going to need to win at least two of these games, I think, to have a chance to stay. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to talk his way out of it because it was bad last year. And it yeah. just looked like it's gotten even worse this year. Um but the other side of this is Kentucky 6-0 for the first time since 1950. So, yeah, way to go, Wildcats. They should really, really enjoy this week. Yes. Or Saturday at around 3.30. They should yep. really enjoy being undefeated. Really yep. live it. They, you know, enjoy while it lasts, I guess. Yep. Uh, speaking of enjoying things while they last, Wake Forest 40, Syracuse 37, the Deeks survive, baby. Watch out. The dream is alive. 
Man, I'll tell you what, though. I had Syracuse plus six in this game, and when they ran that ball in to cover to go into overtime, I lost it. Just like, <laughs> oh, man, uh, that's something I really wanted to watch. This is, I mean, the game overall was fun. Uh, Syracuse ran the damn ball, and Wake had no answer, but they were able to battle back. Yeah, it was a great game. Wake Forest is 6-0. Um, since 1944. That throw by Sam Hartman to win the game in overtime was a dime. We love to see it. We love the Demon Deeks. Yeah, uh, good for them. Uh, Ohio State 66, Maryland 17. I regret to inform you that Ohio State might have figured it out. Yeah, I think uh, C.J. Stroud is probably the best quarterback in the country right now. Um, 24 for 33, 406, five touchdowns. Uh, Terps, it was fun while it lasted. Yep. Um, I mean, they lost another wide receiver in this game. So after having two weeks ago, they had maybe the the best non-Ohio State wide receiver room in the country um, with Dante Demas and um, I'm blanking on the guy's name right now. Um, but they both went out with, with bad knee injuries. So they are both done. Deshaun Jones. There it is. Good Lord. Um, so yeah, so now Maryland's down their top two receivers, um, and they're entering the teeth of the big 10 schedule. Mm. Not so great. Um, on the Buckeye side, I was reading this article from Bill Connolly at ESPN about each contender's fatal flaws. And I found that this was interesting about Ohio State. Uh, they also still allowed a 71% completion rate and 500 passing, 514 passing yards to Rutgers in Maryland. They did record six sacks and five picks, so their disruption is increasing. But three remaining opponent, uh, opponents have quarterbacks who currently rank in the top 10 in QBR. Penn State, Michigan State, and Nebraska. So those... Our games to watch to see if Ohio State has really figured the, the defense out. I think they probably have, but I'm not, maybe not 100%. I think the games, so if Clifford's out, the Penn State game is not going to be a problem for them. Um, but the Michigan State Michigan games are going to be very, like you said, very interesting to see how that plays out for the Buckeyes. Yeah, so that's something to watch um, quickly. Michigan State did stomp all over records. Um, oh, wait, we were going to get to that. Spoiler alert, folks. That ends week six. The segments. Patrick, I stepped all over this. Who is your stud of the week? Uh, my stud of the week was basically the entire Michigan State offense. Um, this was so their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, had he was 16 for 27, 340 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. The running back Kenneth Walker with 29 for 232 yards, one touchdown. And their wide receiver Jalen Naylor was five receptions for 22 I'm sorry, 221 yards and three touchdowns. This is the fifth team in FBS history to have a quarterback, running back and wide receiver all have over 200 yards. Yeah, that that, that was crazy. They had the long run with the two players shook hands. <laughs> Yeah, that um, and on top of that too, I think it was on their own forty. He was already waving bye to the defense. Yeah, that was. I mean, full circle. That kid's a Wake Forest transfer, and he's lighting up the Big Ten. Yeah. Um. So that is. I mean, Michigan State has been a great story this year. Um. 
they were pretty good last year, but it was like, is this a pandemic? Are we looking at an Indiana situation or is this something real? And it seems like it's real. Um, I'm excited to watch them down the stretch. Who was your dud? So I was going to say Spencer Rattler, but we already batched him enough earlier. Um, I'm going to go with Louisville. Uh, they led by 17 going to the fourth quarter to University of Virginia, and they lost 34 to 33 at, at home. Ouch. And second week in a row, this has happened for uh, the Cardinals. And let me just tell you, Scott Satterfield, probably not going to be around much longer. Oh, no, I think mm-hmm. we might see him uh, in Blacksburg. Yeah. Uh, my stud of the week is Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. 18 of 23, 365 yards, four touchdowns, and an absolute shit-kicking of Arkansas State. He barely played in the second half. This was just a total uh, – I mean, Coastal is so good. Yeah, they're fun to watch. And they're not going to get to prove it against anybody. Um, what I really wish there was was some sort of Bracket Busters Saturday deal where they could play another ranked G5 team. Um, just to boost both their resumes. Like, what if what if this weekend we had Coastal SMU? That'd be great. We'd love that would that. be great. Um, and, you know, last year when Coastal played BYU on, like, five days' notice, that was incredible, maybe the best game of the season. Um, so I just wish that, that that structure was built into the season as it is because so much G5 stuff is which Power 5 team you happened to schedule seven years ago is decent enough to be ranked. Um, and that's the only thing the committee really cares about. So it's a little disappointing, but at the same time, I'm going to appreciate Coastal Carolina as best I can. Um, I believe next week they have a, a midweek game uh, okay. on Wednesday. Um, currently, that's a nice Wednesday game. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Coastal App State. Um, oh, nice. That's yeah, going to be a great game. That is classic fun belt, 7.30 ESPN2. That's what we live for, folks. Those midweek games, there's one happening right now. Live update, 24 hours before you're listening to this. Louisiana leads App State 7-3, to six minutes left in the first quarter. Okay. You're never going to get hotter Sun Belt news than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dud is West Virginia. Uh, they started the year off playing pretty well. They lost a couple tight ones. Um, they won some games to beat Virginia Tech. They lost close to Oklahoma. They lost close to Maryland. Um, their defense looked really, really good. And then they got lit up by Baylor this weekend. 45 to 20. Bohannon absolutely torched them. Five total touchdowns. You're not quite there yet, Mountaineers. No, there was there was some times where we thought, you know, West Virginia could be a uh, you know, a good team, but they just keep losing close ones and yeah, it's been a rough outing for them this year. Yeah. Ooh, speaking of rough outing, Patrick, we have a shared fraud this week. Why don't you lead us off? Yeah, I'm looking at you, Mac Brown and UNC. That is – what the hell happened here? Um, like, they were uh, – just it's, Mike Norvell, I guess, owns North Carolina. Uh, the shitty head coach he is, half his wins are credited to UNC. That – is quite a stat. They beat the brakes off of them. It was yeah. 35-25, and North Carolina scored eight points in the fourth fourth quarter. 
this was not close. Um, Jordan Travis had a great game. They absolutely shredded them. And then afterwards, Mac Brown's like, this is actually the media's fault for ranking us number 10 to start the year. Yeah. Uh, uh, his exact quote was, my, expecta- my expectation is to win every game. So three times we've met it and three times we haven't. He continued by saying, the national media expectation, the expectation for us to be a top 10 team, we're wrong. So I guess we should all be critical of the media for picking us that high. Go fuck yourself, Mac. That's right. Shut up, bro. And you lost to Florida State. I'm. This team is terrible. Yeah. Uh, you deserve all the heat you're going to get. Yeah, get. Old man, get beat it. New blood's coming to town. That's right. Okay, week seven. Folks, we're going to level with you. Uh, this isn't the greatest week. <laughs> Yeah, um, we got two top 25 matchups, and one of them is favored by 22 points. So, yeah, that's, and the other one is 12 versus number 25, so it only barely qualifies. Yeah. So, this is, um, it's a little tough. It's a little tough, but. We'll give you what we got. Yeah, we got, and you know, there's always a chance that. Um, some top teams go down. Um, I am looking oh. at you, Oregon, hosting Cal. They play with their food a little too much up there in Eugene. Um, okay, so let, let's get to that first game. Obviously a topic near and dear to your heart. We've got Kentucky traveling to Georgia. Georgia is 22.5-point favorites. This is the CBS 330 game, so you will get to hear the music. Um, as Georgia wins by 40, 45? What are you thinking, Patrick? Uh, I would love that for it to happen, just to continue the bloodbath and the just carnage that Georgia's going on right now. But Kentucky's good. Um, I don't think Georgia's not going to slip up here. An upset is definitely possible. But, I mean, this could be a trap game for Georgia, you know, thinking, oh, we got this. Um, I just think that Kentucky won't – get rolled over by three scores. I think they'll keep – Georgia will win pretty largely, but I don't think it'll be by as much as the spread calls for. Okay, I think um, – have we heard anything about JT Daniels? Is he possibly going to play this week? Uh, I, I heard that he progressed well last week. Um, Kirby's kind of keeping his cards close to his chest on this. Um, but – Georgia, I think, will be fine this week with Stetson again. They rank 12th most points on offense, almost 40 a game, even with JT being out. So we'll see. I, he might come back. I think if we want to see like a good Georgia team progress, he should come back this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so – I, I'm going to kind of go against you here. I think Georgia's going to roll over them. Ooh, um, all right. Maybe something I'll take it. 31-10, something like that. Like, I, I just don't – very similar to the Auburn game this week, I think is probably what we're looking at. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Our next top 25 matchup, Oklahoma State at Texas. Texas is five-point favorites, and this is noon on Fox. Um, basically, there's two questions here. It's can Oklahoma State score enough? And can Texas get up for this game after last week? Yeah, I think this game comes down to depending which Texas are we going to get. Are we going to get the emotional Texas that's pissed the fuck off for losing? 
in that game blowing it to Oklahoma, or were you going to get a team that's just wallowing in their self-pity and just let Oklahoma State just run them over? Yeah, that yeah, that's exactly what I'm, I'm looking for here. It's like because Texas can put up points on anyone, um, and with the way the Cowboys' offense is right now, Texas might just have to score like 22 points. Yeah, um, but it depends on if the Cowboys' defense allows that because they allow only like 18, 19 yard uh, <clears throat> points per game, um, and they pretty good pass defense wise. They've um, or I'm sorry, their whole defense has not really allowed over 300 yards a game yet. So they did have a bye week to prepare for this game. So we'll see. This could be interesting to watch, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, having Texas be oh, a five-point favorite in Oklahoma State almost a top-10 team, I'm a little iffy on that. Um, so I might take the Cowboys here just to, you know, put Texas out of their misery and is next year for Sark. Yeah, I, I think I like Oklahoma State, too. I think I do like that defense. And Texas's defense isn't that good, so it might be a little easier for Oklahoma State to find some points here. Right. Uh, next up, Auburn travels to number 17, Arkansas. Oh, it's also at noon, also on CBS. CBS has a lot of doubleheaders this year, I'm noticing. Uh, yeah. What the deal with that is. <clears throat> anyway, I can't really get a read on Auburn. They have two losses to top 10 teams. Um, and then they barely beat LSU. Um, I, I, I don't really know what they are. I, I think, you know, Arkansas might also struggle because they just are coming down from the Georgia game and then that crazy Ole Miss game. Are they going to take a breath here and get knocked over? Uh, I'm going to take Arkansas here. I think Sam Pittman's had enough of getting rolled over and, um, I think we're gonna. I think we're due for a classic Bo Nix. Hey, look how great he's been for the past few weeks. Now he sucks. Um, he's due for one of those games, and I, you know, I think the Hogs are gonna win this one. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think their rushing attack is going to sort of overpower Auburn. Uh, maybe not right away, but then you start to see late third quarter, early fourth, they start breaking bigger and bigger runs. Um, so. We're staying in the SEC yet again. We swear this isn't uh, SEC Homer podcast, but this week's slate, you basically got to go SEC here. Uh, Ole Miss travels to Tennessee. Tennessee is only a field goal underdog. This is 7.30 on SEC Network. Patrick, do you think the Tennessee we've seen the past couple weeks with Hendon Hooker under center, is this Tennessee team legit? Or is this, you know, same old crap they just haven't played South Carolina? I don't think they're legit. Um, Hendon Hooker was kind of a struggle bus at Tech. Um, he's definitely been a spark for this volunteer offense uh, for Cupel. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Ole Miss offensively. No. Um, I mean, Tennessee has dropped 107 points in the last two weeks, so it's a clue that they might be able to. But I just – because – Tennessee's defense isn't deep, and Ole Miss's offense can sling it and run it. So I think they're not going to be able to keep up for four quarters. Yeah, I think Ole Miss, maybe they'll struggle out of the gate. I think I think they'll end up blowing them out. Um, and also, this is Lane Kiffin revenge game in Knoxville. Ooh, so very true. He, I don't think he's going to let this one slide. You know, Yeah, and he is – he's funny like that. I feel like 
he's going to love making the jokes. Maybe they'll go for two up 30, something like that. Oh, I can't wait to see him tweet leading up to this game. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be great. Um, definitely rooting for Ole Miss in this one. And, and I think they'll win pretty easily. Um, so that really closes out the big games. Only four. Um, it's a, this is kind of that part of the season where you have a lot of bye weeks swapping in and out, a lot of kind of mid-conference games. So, you know, this is when you really got to dig deep and, and show how much of a true sicko you are. Um, so Patrick and I are going to off, both offer you a couple games that are under the radar. Maybe they aren't getting as much play. And this is a light week, so this is when you can focus on outside of the, the big national brands. Uh, for me, I think the first game you got to look at is Boise State Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, Boise State has kind of struggled this year. They lost to UCF, who turns out sucks. Um, lost to Oklahoma State, but lost to Nevada. But and they really seemed like they became themselves this past week against BYU. And Air Force is 5-1. and one. Um, This is 9 o'clock FS1. I, Boise State is four-point favorites. I think this could be just a fun good g5 game to watch yeah i think so too um air force is surprisingly pretty decent which is always good to see one of the you know, the military schools have a competent football team um i think i agree with you this matchup will be very good to have on our radars yeah and you know if Ole Miss is is up by 40 at nine o'clock it might be good to flip over uh what's one of your under the radar games patrick uh, I'm going to start with number 19 BYU versus Baylor. Um, mm, I like it. Baylor is sneaky good this year. Um, defensively, they've only allowed 17.8 points per game and are racking up almost 40 yards on offense or 40 points on offense a game. Um, they got a pretty well balanced offense with quarterback Jerry Bohannon, who has 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, and no picks so far this year. And their running game is great. Uh, they have Abraham's or uh, Abram Smith and Tristan Ebner, respectively, averaging 7.7 and 6.1 yards per carry. So they can control this game easily. I think they're going to get a ranked win that Dave Ornata has been looking for all year. Yeah, I think I think that's a great game. I, I think, yeah, that's just going to be a fun game to watch. My second one, Boston College, NC State. This one is to determine the official Serial Bulls ACC contender, parentheses, after Wake Forest, parentheses, and probably Clemson. Yeah. Um, I would be more interested in this game if BC had their starting quarterback, but I think this will be just as – it won't be as fun, but it'll, it'll be a good game because, you know, NC State is going to probably blow it. You know, we just beat Clemson. Um, yeah, we're riding high. We're feeling Yeah, good. this is a classic game for them to – lose here yeah. it's on the road uh, at boston college um yeah i'm just interested it should be a fun acc game i believe you are also seeing in the conference for your second game yeah uh, i got pittsburgh versus virginia tech um you remember a while ago how we asked in the ac preview if kenny pickett will ever show up yeah uh amongst all this carnage and chaos this year has provided old kenny's been lighting it the fuck up um, he has 1,731 yards, uh, 1,731 yards, 19 touchdowns of one pick so far this year. And he leads the nation in QB. Yeah. Um, before the bye, before their bye, I'm sure this has changed since this past Saturday, but before their bye, um, 
DJU, Derek King, Malik Cunningham, Braxton Burmeister have combined 18 passing touchdowns. And Kenny has them up by one combined. Um, the Panthers are averaging like almost 560 yards per game. So I think Pittsburgh's going to light tech the hell up this Saturday, and that's going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah, and it could be, I don't know. I feel, so <clears throat> to twist the knife a little bit more for any Virginia Tech fans we have out there, after y'all blow it to my beloved Irish this weekend, <laughs> um, boy, it got real quiet in there, didn't it? Anyway, mm. like I said, that place, they still, like despite how much that team has struggled, they still go absolute bananas for them. They still um, draw a crowd for sure. And after they lost a game that they easily could have won, maybe should have won, um, it seemed like a lot of fans were officially fed up. Because if you if Notre Dame went in there and just out physical tech, you just kind of take that. Notre Dame is a top ten program, and Virginia Tech isn't. Um, that's okay, but. This was another game that it seemed like Fuente lost for them. And so I do wonder if they face a pit team again at home. If they just get the doors blown off, I think this might be it for Fuente. Yep, I'm with you there, man. Um, um, like, like I said, it seems like they've really turned on him. And this is another just bad loss to a team that, at worst cases, you're equal, but truly – a lower class team than y'all. Um, yeah. So um, that's always fun to watch a nice little anxiety mm-hmm. bowl. Before we get into our listener questions here, I got an update on that Sunbelt game going on right now. Yeah. Uh, Louisiana is up 14 7. Wow. Next possession for App State, uh, third and seven. The quarterback does a QB scramble and tries to throw it backwards to the running back, bounces off the running back. Louisiana is at their 30 yard line. Dang. So that game's getting out of hand real quick. Yeah, I'm about to, about to hop off and flip that right on. Oh, yeah. So we have two listener questions this week. A little light, a little light. Um, step it up, y'all. Come on. Um, the So this is a question from our friend Michael. He asks, who's going to come in to the game between Ohio State and Michigan with a better record? Uh, I'm leaning towards Michigan right now um, just due to their strength of schedule. Um, but Ohio State seems to be turning a corner, obviously, right now. Um, both these teams are on a bye this weekend. Yeah. Um, Ohio State has Indiana, number seven, Penn State, Nebraska, Purdue, number 10, Michigan State, before the Michigan game. Whereas Michigan has Northwestern, number 10, Michigan State, Indiana, number seven, Penn State, and Maryland. So their non-ranked conference opponents coming up are bottom of the barrel right now. So, um, whereas Ohio State's got what Nebraska and then the two ranked teams. Yeah, and I think Michigan's schedule is set up a little bit better. It's yes, Northwestern, Michigan State, Indiana, Penn State. So, and then they have Maryland right for Ohio State. They kind of get to it's on and off. Meanwhile, Ohio State uh, at Indiana, they host Penn State at Nebraska. That's a tough, but the Penn State at Nebraska combo back to back weeks that's a little tricky. And then before they can even focus on the Michigan game, they, they host Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think worst case, they'll both come in with one loss. Um, but like you said, I think it, the schedule just sets up a little nicer for Michigan. Yes, it does. Uh, our friend Ty asked, who is the next Johnny football? 
Oh, man, it's, it's tough to find a quarterback now. I think just because of how we played Saturday, I'm going to lean Caleb Williams for Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, he's not that big, I don't think. And he, he's, he's – he's that you know, he looks like he's a guy who can extend the plays and just have those unreal just always oh, getting sacked. Oh, no. Oh, oh. And then throw like a 30-yard completion on a third down conversion, you know? Yeah, I, I think it – the spiritual successor was Baker Mayfield. And then I think it, it was last year's Ian book. He kept, yeah. he would be running, running, running. And you're just like, throw the ball away, throw the ball away, throw the ball away. And then he just make a crazy, horribly advised throw that would just work out. Right. I think Bo Nix is a good candidate for this, but I don't think he's quite good enough. I think he has he's, too much. He's shown those Johnny Manziel moments. Like, I, yeah, but I think consistently he has too yeah. many skill points in the chaos one. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I think Kel Williams is a good one. You got to have that dual threat. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it's hard to really nail down. No one quite has that like uh, you know aura around them of being Johnny Football because um, he was just a larger than life character off the field as well. Um, and surprisingly, even with all the NILs and stuff, you don't really have someone who has that sort of uh, legend vibe to them, you know? Right. And I think uh, maybe, fortunately, the game is taken a little bit too ser- too seriously now. These kids know they have to be on their best behavior. Everyone has a phone, and this could cost you uh, being a top 10 pick. Even if you're a top 20 pick compared to a top 10 pick, that's millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone's kind of on their best behavior when maybe that's not as fun for us, the fans. Yeah. Okay. That was a great episode of Serial Bowls. Please share, subscribe, rate, and go to an Apple store and make all the iPads, download it. Um, you get it. Um, share with the friends and ask us questions. We love uh, answering y- y'all's questions, um, whether it's about Halloween candy or uh, Coach O getting fired. Yeah, and um, coming up next week, we might have uh, – we got to talk about it uh, amongst Ned and I, but we might have two episodes next week. A little bonus um, episode for the people. That's right. Yeah, uh, for all the real sickos out there. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll do that, and that'll be fun. Um, but, then, you know, it's been a good week, great weekend of football. Not really looking forward to the matches this weekend, but I'm still going to be watching them. Yeah, and, again, this is whenever you least expect it. Someone's going to jump up and, you know, Kansas is going to beat Oklahoma or something. You know? yep. mm-hmm. Oh, I, th- I think that's in two weeks, actually. That's what you got to watch out for. I'm sorry. But, yeah, you know, expect the unexpected. That's right. All right. We'll see everyone next week.